We're back with some more college basketball action here for Saturday, February 4th. We have an action-packed slate of games on tap for today. 150 Division I college basketball games going on today. Looking to take a look at a few of them here on today's show, so let's jump right into it. Now, we start today's show off in the ACC with Virginia taking on Virginia Tech. Virginia comes into this game as the 22nd overall team in the hot tip power ranking. Virginia Tech is the 34th overall team. As far as both these teams have gone, have been interesting seasons thus far for Virginia. Due into this game on a seven-game winning streak, have really been playing some solid, solid basketball. Overall, they're 9-2 in conference play. Haven't lost since early January in their game at Pittsburgh. Um, and as far as Virginia Tech goes have certainly struggled a little bit more than I thought they would coming into the season haven't looked great in ACC play really at all I mean did get a couple of decent wins over Duke and Syracuse last week but overall still three and eight here in ACC play coming into this game following the loss to Miami and they go up against a Virginia team here that has really been great on the offensive side of the ball the Cavaliers have done a great job shooting the basketball of 53.5 effective field goal percentage for them on the season they're also hitting 38.5 percent from beyond the arc, Armani Franklin has led the way for this Virginia team, dropping 13.1 points per game. He has been a great player this season. It's not like Virginia Tech has been bad offensively. Maybe their one saving grace has been they've done a decent job shooting the basketball this season. Overall, a 54 effective field goal percentage for them on the season, also hitting 35.4% from beyond the arc. But we all know what Tony Bennett can do on the defensive side of things. I mean, the shot defense from Virginia has been absolutely remarkable this season but I think one area that has made Virginia such a dangerous team on both sides of the basketball and really throughout conference play here is how well they've been in the turnover department both offensively I mean they're only turning it over on 15% of their opponent's possessions granted Virginia Tech's also been strong offensively only turning it over on 15.6% of theirs but Virginia has been the far better team on the defensive side of things turning or forcing their opponents to turn the ball over on 20% of their opponent's possessions Virginia Tech only forcing turnovers on 7 17.2% of their opponent's possessions. And like always, I think it's going to be the Virginia defense that it takes care of business and gets it done in this game. And it's not going to be an easy opponent, especially on the road. It never is, you know, going into Blacksburg here against this Virginia Tech team. But I think Virginia comes out victorious in this game and keeps the conference winning streak alive, taking them plus 110 to win this game here against Virginia Tech. Now we head to Stillwater, Oklahoma for this next game as TCU takes on Oklahoma State. TCU comes into this game as the 23rd overall team in the hot tip power ranking. Oklahoma State is the 32nd overall team. And, you know, obviously both these teams have been very, very competitive in the Big 12 this season. You know, overall TCU 6-3 and three in conference play. Oklahoma State 4-5. And, 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 and a big part of it is how well both these teams have played on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, both of them have, have been, you know, top 20, top 15 defenses in the nation this season. I mean, defensive efficiency-wise, TCU is the 13th overall team, Oklahoma State the 7th overall team, and they both have outstanding shot defenses. It's really been remarkable what they've been doing on the defensive side of the ball. TCU holding their opponents to a 46 effective field goal percentage and 29.4% from beyond the arc. Oklahoma State just as good, holding their opponents to 43.4% effective field goal percentage and 29.5% from beyond on the arc and offensively certainly neither one of them have been outstanding this season but TCU certainly gets the slight nod now 
Granted, that slight nod probably would have been more when Mike Miles was, you know, healthy and on the court. Obviously, um, you know, not going to be ready to go here for this game with the knee injury. But TC was still done a good job shooting the ball. And we saw in their last game against West Virginia, even without Miles on the court, um, it was a TCU squad that was able to score some points. And, and overall, a 50.6 effective field goal percentage for them on the season um, compared to Oklahoma State, who's only for, shooting a 49.8 um, from the perimeter. TC hasn't been great only hitting 29.2 percent oklahoma state hitting 32.3 percent but another area that tcu has been fairly strong this season is in the turnover department they've only turned the ball over on 16.4 percent of their possessions oklahoma state has actually really struggled in that category turning it over on 20.9 percent of theirs tcu's also been the much stronger team defensively forcing turnovers on 23 percent of their opponent's possessions while oklahoma state only forcing turnovers on 19.5 percent of theirs you know it's a tcu team that we saw step up at home without mike miles um on tuesday night against west virginia and going up against oklahoma state in this game on the road not an easy test but i think it's a tcu team um, that even without their star player on the court can keep this one close um, and i think they have a slight advantage in this game taking them plus three and a half here against oklahoma state so the next game on the card, we got Presbyterian taking on Gardner-Webb. Presbyterian comes into this game as the 305th overall team in the Hot Tibet Power Ranking. Gardner-Webb is the 185th overall team. And it was a Presbyterian team that played this Gardner-Webb team close at home earlier in January. Took that game to overtime. And that was a game that Gardner-Webb was only able to win by one point. But as of late, it's a Gardner-Webb team that really, you know, has just started to figure things out and get things meshing. Come into this game on a four-game winning streak to win over Charleston Southern in their last game. And offensively, it's not like Gardner-Webb is a great team by any mean, but they've certainly been the better shooting team in this matchup for Gardner Webb. A 50.9 effective field goal percentage on the season. They're also hitting 33% from beyond the arc. DQ Nolans is a big reason why he has led this Gardner Webb team shooting wise with 12.4 points per game. And, and overall, it's a Gardner Webb team that has been better on the offensive side of things because presbyterian has certainly had some struggles presbyterian only a 47.4 effective field goal percentage on the year and they're only hitting 30.7 percent from beyond the arc but the major advantage in this game and why i love gardner webb and i'm willing to lay um, so many points with them here in this game is how well they've played on the defensive side of things their shot defense has been leaps and bounds better than presbyterian this season gardner webb has held their opponents to a 49 effective field goal percentage this season and only 34.7 percent from beyond the arc presbyterian is near the bottom of the country one of the worst shot defensive teams in the entire nation giving up a 54.8 effective field goal percentage and allowing 39 percent from beyond the arc they're the 355th worst team in the nation when it comes to three-point defense and that in of itself is why this presbyterian team comes into this game on a 10-game winning streak i mean outside of the their win over campbell to start out conference play it's just a presbyterian team that has not looked great all season i mean only three Three division one wins on their entire record and Gardner Webb coming into this one on a four game winning streak even though they got the win over Presbyterian in the first game it was a close hard fought battle um, and I think because of that they're, they're definitely going to look come out with some vengeance ready to play um, and certainly get up for this game I'm taking Gardner Webb minus 11 here against Presbyterian
Next up on the card, we got Southern Miss taking on Georgia State. Southern Miss comes into this game as the 255th overall team in the high tip of power ranking. Georgia State is the 204th overall team, and it's the Southern Miss team that I have you know, certainly bet on a few times this season, but they've really just been a joy to watch and have played in a lot of competitive basketball games this season and have really looked like a very, very good basketball team. I and mean, they come into this one on a six-game winning streak, um, You know, got the win over Troy in their last game and georgia state on the other hand certainly hasn't been great here in conference play only three and eight in big or big sunbelt play this season do get the win over georgia southern in their last game but overall it's a georgia state team that has really struggled on the offensive side of the ball this season have not been a great shooting team only a 44.8 effective field goal percentage for them on the season and they're also only hitting 28.2 percent from beyond the arc southern miss on the other hand has been the much better shooting team in this matchup a 51 3 effective field goal percentage on the season and they're hitting 32.3 percent from beyond the arc not to mention austin crawley has really just been an outstanding player for this southern miss team really you know a, a great player to watch 17.8 points per game um, for him and well things get better on the georgia state side of things um defensively you know their shot defense hasn't been bad you know similar to what southern Italy statistically has done this season um one area that georgia southern has continued to struggle even on the defensive side of the ball is in the turnover department they're only forcing turnovers on 18.5 percent of their opponents possessions while southern miss has forced turnovers on 20.8 percent of their opponent's possessions and offensively southern miss has also done the better job holding on to the basketball only turning it over on 17.5 percent of their possessions while georgia state has turned it over on 20.4 percent of theirs and overall it's a southern miss team that i've just absolutely loved to watch this season have loved to bet on and they've just been playing very very good basketball and even going on the road here in this game only being a four and a half point favorite just does not make Make a ton of sense to me uh, as far as i can tell there, there's no injuries that are you know <laughs> undisclosed at this point we we know what both these teams are going to look like here on saturday um and i absolutely love southern miss in this game i think they covered the spread taking them minus four and a half here against georgia state Next up on the card, we head to the Summit League as North Dakota State takes on South Dakota State. North Dakota State comes into this game as the 200th overall team in the high tibet power ranking. South Dakota State is the 128th overall team. And, you know, obviously South Dakota State was nowhere near the, the level of team that we saw a season ago. And they've certainly turned things around here in Summit League play. Haven't looked nearly as bad as they did during non-conference. I mean, um, eight and four overall here in Summit League play certainly isn't the record they wanted, um, but have looked better. North Dakota State, on the other hand, started out Summit League play pretty hot. You know, a five and two record since then have only won one of their last four games. But it's a North Dakota State team that hasn't been bad this season. I mean, offensively, they've actually been a fairly strong team. They've done a decent job shooting the basketball, a 51.4 effective field goal percentage on the season um, and hitting 33.8% from beyond the arc south dakota state really right up there with them as far as shooting goes this season a 51.1 effective field goal percentage on the season um, and south dakota state is hitting 34.2 percent from beyond the arc but one area that north dakota state has really been a very very strong team this season is in the rebounding department um, especially on the defensive glass north dakota state has actually been a top 10 defensive rebounding team this season uh, they're pulling down 77 percent 
it off the defensive glass. South Dakota State hasn't been bad either, pulling down 73.4% um, off the defensive glass. But, but overall, it's a North Dakota State team that I've been very, very pleased with this season. Um, and going on the road here in this one, they just should not be seven and a half point underdogs. I think they keep this game close. I think they keep it competitive. Taking them plus seven and a half here against South Dakota State. Next up on the card, we got Arkansas taking on South Carolina. Arkansas comes into this game as the 13th overall team in the high-tip power ranking. South Carolina is the 147th overall team. And overall, Arkansas certainly didn't have the start to SEC play that they wanted. I mean, they come into this game now 4-5 and five here in SEC play. But for a team that's gone to back-to-back -back Elite Eights, you know, higher hopes were certainly at stake coming into this season. But... They go up against the South Carolina team that is, you know, among, if not, well, is the worst team in the SEC this season outside of the, the unprobable, crazy win on the road at Kentucky. It's a South Carolina team um, that has not won an SEC game, SEC game outside of that one. And it's an Arkansas team that, that offensively hasn't been bad this season, um, but they have had, you know, some struggles shooting the basketball, only a 51.7 effective field goal percentage. And they're also only hitting 30.8% from beyond the arc. But Ricky Council, the fourth has been a, a strong player this season for this Arkansas team 17.3 points per game for him this season um, and especially comparatively to South Carolina Arkansas has been a fine shooting team because South Carolina is uh, atrocious a 45.9 effective field goal percentage on the season they've actually been a little bit better from the perimeter hitting 32.1 percent but but overall just an offensive team in South Carolina that is just not their most nights and let's be honest the big reason that, that Arkansas you know has found success here a little bit as of late is going to be on the defensive side of the ball I mean they're the 12th team in defensive efficiency coming into this game and their shot defense has just been absolutely outstanding this season Arkansas holding their opponents to a 45.8 effective field goal percentage of the season while South Carolina is allowing a 53.4 Arkansas has also only given up 31.2 percent from beyond the arc while South Carolina is allowing 34.9 percent from beyond the arc overall it's an arkansas team that seems like they're starting to trend back in the right direction and in going up against the south carolina team um, who you know is the bottom of the sec here in this game on the road it's a spot for arkansas that they need to win and they need to win big to keep some of this momentum going i think they do just that in this game taking arkansas minus 12 and a half here against south carolina now we head to the American for the next game on the card as SMU takes on East Carolina. SMU comes into this game as the 121st overall team in the hot tip of power ranking. East Carolina is the 208th overall team. And, you know, neither one of these teams have been great in American play. SMU 3-7 and seven in conference play. East Carolina only 2-8. and eight. But a lot of the problems with East Carolina have certainly, you know, been because of Jamin Small. Um, you know, once he got injured, it's a team that it has struggled a bit more. And he's obviously not going to be back for this game um, hopefully be back by the end of the month but RJ Felton has been playing well for this East Carolina team in the absence of small and overall it's an East Carolina team that I have liked this season now offensively shooting wise neither one of these teams is great for East Carolina a 47.4 effective field goal percentage on the season and hitting 31.3 percent from beyond the arc SMU about the same a 47.2 effective field goal percentage and 31.2 percent from beyond the arc defensively I would give East Carolina the slight edge here in this game but again two defenses who are fairly evenly matched but one area that East Carolina 
has been very good, um, at least consistently solid in, is the rebounding department, um, especially on the offensive glass. They've actually been one of the best rebounding teams in the entire nation offensively with those second chance opportunities. 34% off the offensive glass from East Carolina. They're actually the 31st best team in the entire country in that category and area that SMU has struggled some this season, only pulling down 27.2% off the offensive glass. They're 231st in the country in that category. Defensively, neither one of these teams is great, but East Carolina does get the edge defensively rebounding the ball, um, pulling down 71.3% off the defensive glass. SMU only pulling down 69.4% off the defensive glass. And overall, it's not going to be you know a cakewalk for East Carolina by any means coming into this game. But what they have done at home this season um, has impressed me a little bit more than on the road. And it's hard to say that a team you know that has only won one of what is it like their last eight games has been very impressive at all. But um, I think East Carolina gets things going back in the right direction here against an SMU team that has also been struggling this season. Um, and I think they do it because of the rebounding um, and because of their defense. Taking East Carolina here against SMU minus 103 to get the victory now we head to the big 10 for this next game as purdue takes on indiana purdue comes into this game as the 14th overall team in the hot tippet power ranking indiana is the 20th overall team and in a season where no team has really been super consistent you know super above anyone else Purdue might just be that team. I mean, they're 22-1 coming into this game. Their only loss was a game against Rutgers that they lost by one point. I mean, really, as far as Big Ten play has gone this season, Purdue has certainly started to separate themselves um, from the rest of the pack. And, you know, it was an Indiana team that really struggled at the beginning of Big Ten play. Started Big Ten play off one and four. Really just, you know, did not look like the team that they were built to at the start of the season. Um, but since then, have started to look better in their last six games, have won five of them. Duke into this game following the loss to Maryland but but overall it's an Indiana team that has been playing better um, but they go up against Purdue has one of the the best offenses in the entire nation Purdue is the second overall team in offensive efficiency they do a great job shooting the basketball a 52.7 effective field goal percentage they are only hitting 33.9 percent from beyond the arc but clearly that doesn't matter that's not why this Purdue team um, has been good this season it's all Zach Eady who is just a presence down in the paint you, you can't guard him he, he's going to guard you dropping 22 points per game Zach Eady leads this team in, in seemingly every category pulling down 13 rebounds per game as well I mean anytime you have a guy averaging a double double who is as big of a presence as Zach Eady it's going to be very very hard to play against Purdue t this Purdue team um, but Indiana in their own right has done a good job shooting the basketball this season a 55.2 effective field goal percentage on the season and they are hitting 38 percent from beyond the arcs I mean if they're going to try and go and beat Purdue in this game it's definitely just going to be out shoot them from the perimeter and, and make it impossible for them to catch up um you know just hitting threes and shooting a ridiculous percentage from out there um but that's not going to be easy either because purdue has been very good on the defensive side of things as well purdue has held their opponents to a 45.9 effective field goal percentage on the season indiana giving up a 46.7 effective field goal percentage purdue's also only allowing 30.4 percent from beyond the arc indiana giving up 32.9 percent from beyond the arc purdue's also been one of the best rebounding teams in the entire nation obviously because of Zach Eady and in the monster presence that he presents down low and overall it's a team in Purdue 
that I didn't like coming into the season and I didn't didn't want to give them much credit because really I just don't love the style of basketball they play which is kind of crazy for me to say because I love when big guys like Zach Eady do get involved so much but I finally come around I like what Matt Painter has built here and going up against the in-state rival in Purdue going to Bloomington in this game it's going to be a Purdue team that is ready to play um, and I think they come out with the win in this game taking Purdue minus 103 here against Indiana and quickly before we get into the back half of the show if you haven't already checked out the website head over to hottipbest.com got college basketball nba nhl nfl ufc and horse racing pigs being posted up there every single day we got games so make sure you take a look at all of that also follow the hot tip bets main account at hot tip bets on facebook instagram tiktok to stay up to date with all the content being posted over there follow my personal accounts at hot tip bets chris on instagram tiktok twitter to stay up to date with all the content that i'm putting out and also on bet stamp where you can get early access to all of the picks and get a notification every single time that i place a bet and last but definitely not least for watching here on youtube hit that like button subscribe to the channel hit the bell notification so you don't miss out on any future uploads and most importantly drop a comment down below let me know who you guys are betting on here for today's card and let's get into the back half of the show now we head to the sec for this next one as alabama takes on lsu alabama comes into this game as the ninth overall team in the hot tibet power ranking lsu is the 62nd overall team and it's an alabama team that i absolutely love this season now obviously the the loss to oklahoma last saturday in, in the fashion that they lost that game certainly wasn't the outcome we wanted but you know come into the the next game against vanderbilt and, and absolutely blow the doors off of that one and going up against lsu here in this one i think we could see more of the same i mean it's an lsu team that has certainly been struggling i mean has lost their last nine games outside of their their opening day game in sec play against arkansas they haven't won a game since and in fact haven't won a game since the new year um it's an lsu team that has really been struggling have not done a good job shooting the basketball only a 48.2 effective field goal percentage on the season are also only hitting 33.3 percent from beyond the arc offensively alabama has certainly been the better team in this matchup with a 52.3 effective field goal percentage on the season hitting 34.4 percent from beyond the arc not to mention Alabama is one of the best defensive teams in the entire nation they come into this game fifth in defensive efficiency this season their shot defense has been absolutely remarkable this season only giving up a 41.6 effective field goal percentage on the season they're the third best team in the nation in that category LSU on the other hand allowing 50.4 effective field goal percentage Alabama has also only given up 26.1 percent from beyond the arc the second best team in the nation in that category while LSU giving up 31.9 percent from beyond the arc and really with how the LSU defense has played this season I think it's going to be very very hard for them to contain a guy like Brandon Miller who has played so well for this Alabama team this season I mean he's dropping 19.2 points per game it's just an Alabama team that likes to play a fast up-tempo style of basketball actually the fastest team in the entire nation number one in the country in adjusted tempo LSU on the other hand a little bit of a slower um, style of basketball 270th in the country in that category you combine the the Alabama defense with how fast they play in their offense I think it's an Alabama team um, that I've obviously loved all season long got the, the the big future on them to go win the national championship but coming off the Vanderbilt win I think it's an Alabama team that we see get another big one here on the road against LSU taking Alabama minus 12 and a half here against LSU next up on the card we head out to the big west as uc irvine takes on long beach state uc irvine comes into this game as the 116th overall team in the high to power ranking long beach state is the 100th overall team and obviously both of these teams 
have been fairly strong this season. You know, both decent conference records. UC Irvine is eight and two in Big West play. Long Beach State seven and four. Uh, but going back to when these two teams met in early January, that was a game that was dominated by UC Irvine. End up winning that game by 17 points at home. A game where they looked very, very good. And it's a UC Irvine team that I've really loved watching this season. Um, but Long Beach State is no joke. And in this game, it's not going to be an easy opponent. But one thing that UC Irvine is certainly going to have the advantage in this game is on the offensive side of the ball at least when it comes to shooting the basketball uc irvine is by far and away the better team in this matchup uc irvine has hit a 52.3 effective field goal percentage on the season they're also dropping 37.8 percent from beyond the arc they're the 29th best three-point shooting team in the entire nation dawson baker is a large part of that success he's done a great job currently leads this team in uc irvine in scoring with 14.5 points per game and as far as long beach state goes they're not a great shooting team. While they play a fast style of offense, have you know very short possessions on the offensive side of things, um, they don't do a great job actually scoring points and, and making their shots necessarily. A 47.7 effective field goal percentage of the season, and they're only hitting 29.1% from beyond the arc. Certainly a major mismatch from the perimeter this season. Um, UC Irvine has also been the slightly better team at least shot defensive-wise. On that side of the basketball, a 46.6 effective field goal percentage is all they're giving up to their opponents while Long Beach State has allowed 48.7. UC Irvine also only giving up 31.5% from beyond the arc while Long Beach State giving up 33.3%. And, you know, it's certainly not an easy place to go play on the road here at Long Beach State, but it's a UC Irvine team that I've absolutely loved this season. I think shot-wise, they just straight up have the advantage on both sides of the ball. I think they go into this game and get a pretty good win. Taking UC Irvine plus 100 here against Long Beach State. Now we go to the Big East for this next game as Villanova takes on Creighton. Villanova comes into this game as the 28th overall team in the hot to bit power ranking. Creighton is the 17th overall team for Villanova. Certainly haven't been a great basketball team um, this season. Have, have had some struggles, you know, coming to this game following the loss to Marquette. And, and certainly a team that went to the Final Four last year, you know, going 4-7 and seven thus far in conference play. Wasn't exactly the, the start they wanted to the Kyle Neptune era here at Villanova. And, and Creighton, on the other hand, after going to Maui and then ultimately struggling when they got home, have really turned things around here in conference play. Now, obviously, Cockburn or Benning back on the court um, has made a massive difference. And, and I'm finally starting to admit that I, I probably discounted Creighton um, a little bit too much earlier in the season. And coming into this game on a five-game winning streak, they have been playing some very, very good basketball. Offensively, they've been a very strong team and a really good job shooting the basketball. A 54.4 effective field goal percentage on the season. They're also hitting 34 0.8% from beyond the arc. Um, and then, like I said, Ryan Cockburner coming back and, and, and playing for this Creighton team once again um, has been a big reason why they've got the season turned back around. He leads them with 15.2 points per game, and they're certainly going to have the shooting advantage in this matchup. Villanova, not a bad shooting team, a 51.9 effective field goal percentage, and they're also hitting 33.5% from beyond the arc. Not to mention, Villanova actually has the best free throw percentage in the entire nation, hitting 83.1% from the free throw line and usually i love teams that can hit you know above 80 percent and i still do like what villanova has been able to do in that respect 
But they give me some concerns on the defensive side of things. Their shot defense has not been good this season, and they go up against Creighton and a Greg McDermott team that has been good on the defensive side of the ball, only giving up a 47.1 effective field goal percentage on the season, while Villanova is allowing a 51.5. Creighton also only giving up 33.8% from beyond the arc, while Villanova giving up 35% in that respect. Going on the road here to Creighton in this game, I think it's a Villanova team that's really going to struggle, and I think it's a Creighton team that comes ready to play um, and gets another great um, Big East win here. Taking Creighton, minus 9.5 here against Villanova. Next up on the car, we go out to the West Coast Conference as Portland takes on Pepperdine. Portland comes into this game as the 151st overall team in the hot tip at power ranking. Pepperdine is the 232nd overall team. And neither one of these teams have been great this season. Both come into this game under 500. But Pepperdine has certainly struggled here in conference play. They are 0-10 in the West Coast Conference. Haven't you know won a game um, since the, the Diamond Head Classic over the Christmas break out in Hawaii. That game against uh, George Washington there um, in Portland on the other hand certainly not a, a great team um, but they already got one win over this Pepperdine team a few weeks back at home in that game a very impressive win for Portland um, and that one come into this game following the win over San Diego State and while Portland doesn't do a lot of things right and certainly has their own fair share of struggles coming into this game offensively they've been a fairly strong team and they have done a decent job shooting the basketball this season for portland a 53.8 effective field goal percentage on the season and they're also dropping 37.3 percent from beyond the arc the portland team while they have struggled to win games at times this season um, have a lot of good shot scores and, and create a lot of opportunities moses wood has led the way in that department leads this team with 15 points per game he's also a very strong rebounder pulling down 6.1 rebounds per game and he really pairs well with with Tyler Robertson, who has been um, a, a strong player as well for this Portland team, dropping 14.2 points per game. Um, and they go up against a Pepperdine team that hasn't been a terrible shooting team in their own right, um, but certainly is at a disadvantage in this matchup. Pepperdine only shooting a 50.9 effective field goal percentage on the season, and they're also only hitting 34.5% from beyond the arc. While it was a Pepperdine team that I liked a little bit in certain spots during the non-conference schedule, here as West Coast Conference play has progressed, it's a team that's really continued to struggle and as far as portland goes yeah they've lost to the the top of the conference in st mary's byu gonzaga um even i guess you can kind of throw lmu into that category maybe if you're being generous um but like we said they already got a strong win over pepperdine once this season and even going on the road here in this one i think is the portland team that is just at a major advantage in this game taking them minus one and a half here against pepperdine Next up on the card, we got Georgia taking on Texas A&M. Georgia comes into this game as the 137th overall team in the hot tip at power ranking. Texas A&M is the 27th overall team for Georgia have certainly improved this season. I mean, Mike White, um, you know, at one point I, I thought he had turned Georgia into a basketball school. I've kind of walked back that take a little bit. They have struggled, uh, you know, a little bit more down the stretch of SEC play. Only one win in their past five games. But it's still a, a Georgia team that has played some impressive basketball this season and certainly has improved from a season ago. Texas A&M, on the other hand, 
hasn't been terrible, but but has kind of underperformed um, in certain spots. I mean, they are seven and two in SEC play, so it's hard to say they've underperformed a ton. Um, but just haven't looked nearly as good as I kind of expected them to coming into this season. They have done a decent job shooting the basketball, but they're still not great for Texas A&M. Only a 50 effective field goal percentage on the season. They're hitting 31.5 percent from beyond the arc. Really, you know, not a ton better than what Georgia has done this season for Georgia, hitting a 48.6 effective field goal percentage. And Georgia's actually been the better three-point shooting team this season hitting 34.1 percent from beyond the arcs terry roberts has been a good shot scorer for this georgia team overall this season leads them with 15 points per game and it's also a georgia team that has just been playing great on the defensive side of things their shot defense has actually been remarkably good this season for georgia only giving up a 47.5 effective field goal percentage on the season um, actually edging out texas a&m in that category who is allowing a 47.9 effective field goal percentage and the georgia perimeter defense has kind of just been very good this season only allowing 30 percent from beyond the arc they have the 28th best three-point shoot defense um, in the entire nation this season texas a&m allowing 33.9 percent from beyond the arc overall i'm not saying georgia is a great team they are certainly improved though and going on the road here against texas a&m Giving them double-digit points just makes absolutely no sense to me. I think they keep this game close. I think they keep this one competitive. Taking Georgia plus 11 here against Texas A&M. Now we head out to the WAC for this next one as Seattle takes on New Mexico State. Seattle comes into this game as the 135th overall team in the high tip of power ranking. New Mexico State is the 133rd overall team. And obviously Seattle went out and, and surprised a lot of people, including myself here to start WAC play um, and played very, very competitive. Started WAC play off 7-0, including a very strong win on the road against Utah Valley. And since then have struggled a bit, have lost their last three games and None of those games have been particularly close. And, and as far as New Mexico State goes, kind of the opposite. Started out whack play 0-9 and, and then got a win in their last game against Stephen F. Austin. A semi-impressive win um, in their own right in that game. But I think in this one, we see a little bit of a correction. Now, obviously, Seattle has not been a great shooting team this season. Only a 47.3 effective field goal percentage on the season. They're only hitting 30.9% from beyond the arc. But when they can rely on Cameron Tyson to have big games and have big moments, it certainly is a Seattle team that can score some points um, and really look like a decent team. Um, and it's not like New Mexico State is a great shooting team. Um, on the other side of things, a 50.1 effective field goal percentage. And they have been decent from the perimeter, hitting 35.7% from there. But the big reason I like Seattle and the big reason I think Seattle had success early in WAC play was because of their defense. Their shot defense has been very, very strong this season, only giving up a 48 effective field goal percentage on the season. And Seattle is also only allowing 31% from beyond the arc. New Mexico State, on the other hand, a, a bad shot defense is about all, the only way you can say it, giving up a 54.1 effective field goal percentage on the season and allowing 37.4% from beyond the arc. Overall, I think it's a Seattle team that really gets things going back in the right direction after three very disappointing, very bad losses, even going on the road against New Mexico State in this game. I think they come out with the win, taking Seattle plus 100 here against New Mexico State. Now we head to the West Coast Conference for this final game of the day as Gonzaga takes on St. Mary's. Gonzaga comes into this game as the fifth overall team in the high-tip power ranking. St. Mary's is the 18th overall team. And obviously, 
this is a game that both of these teams are always going to have circled on their schedules. The, the game at St. Mary's, probably Gonzaga's toughest game of the entire season, most seasons. And this one is particularly interesting because at the moment, St. Mary's is 9-0 and um, in West Coast Conference play. Gonzaga is 8-1. and A win in this game would really propel St. Mary's into a great spot to winning the West Coast Conference regular season if they continue to play um, as well as they have. And it's the St. Mary's team that has just been playing excellent bad. I mean, obviously coming to this game on an 11 game winning streak and, and really have just looked good um, on both sides of the ball. They've been a good shooting team this season, a 52.7 effective field goal percentage. They're also hitting 37 percent from beyond the arc. Aiden Manhe has led the way for this St. Mary's squad, dropping 14.8 points per game. Um, really not too much to hate on as far as the St. Mary's offense has gone this season. But obviously, they go up against one of the, the best offenses in the entire nation in Gonzaga. Gonzaga is the third best offensive efficiency team in the country this season and, and continue to be one of the premier shooting teams, a 57.4 effective field goal percentage and hitting 38.2% from beyond the arc. But I I think the advantage in this game and I think the reason that St. Mary's is going to come out victorious in this game is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. St. Mary's has one of the best defenses in the entire nation and, and one of the few that can truly slow down and stop this Gonzaga team and give them some problems. St. Mary's comes into this game fourth in defensive efficiency this season and their shot defense has just been off the charts, um, only giving up a 44.5 effective field goal percentage this season. They're the ninth best team in the nation in that category. While Gonzaga has only held their opponents to a 51.7 effective field goal percentage. St. Mary's also only giving up 31% from beyond the arc, while Gonzaga allowing 35% from beyond the arc, not to mention St. Mary's is also the third best rebounding team defensively in the entire nation. And I'm, I'm with a ton of joy, a ton of excitement, I love St. Mary's in this matchup. And it's hard for me to say that because I've given Gonzaga so much credit over the years, but this year is just different. This Gonzaga team that only has four losses it's just not that good. And it's the St. Mary's team that, that really is starting to, to, to get into their form and has been playing very, very good basketball. Um, and it feels like down the stretch of the season, it's the St. Mary's team here that we're going to see make a lot of noise. Um, and certainly that defense, I think, is one that can handle Gonzaga. I'm taking St. Mary's minus three and a half here against Gonzaga.